Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever Monday Morning Deep Dish. I'm your host, Shepard Price, and with me today is Dave Melton. Hello, hello, Dave. Please say hi to the people. Hi to the people. It's fun being on this side of it now. Yeah, it's fun not being the host. I know. Uh, so much is less responsibility. You don't have to plan as much. It'll, but we, we will be talking about today the MVPs of the team so far, uh, our goaltenders, Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts on how those two have played so far this season, Dave? Well, like you said, calling them the MVPs of the team, I think, is pretty accurate because in some of the games, I mean, it seems like they've been at their best in some of the games where the Hawks just got completely dominated in terms of possession. Like the Nashville game a few weeks ago comes to mind when they lost three to nothing and if Leonard didn't play the way he had, they might have lost 10 to nothing. And uh, Crawford had a rough start maybe through the month of October, but he's really picked it up in November. And I think the Blackhawks are – the defense is getting better, certainly over the last few weeks, and the results on the ice are starting to show because of that. But the goaltenders have been rock solid. Robin Leonard stole at least two or three games already this season, and we've only played about 20 games so far. So, yeah, I think the – the, when the Blackhawks signed Robin Leonard, I think there was some excitement about that just because he was a Vezina candidate next year, or excuse me, last year. And there was some concern about whether or not he would still be as well of a play as well in Chicago because he played in that Islanders defense heavy system under Coach Barry Trotz. And so I think there were some natural expectations that he'd regress a little bit playing in a team that isn't not uh, is well our defense is not let's just say no. it's not the islanders defense from 2018-19 exactly yeah yeah that's putting it mildly and and just a uh, head coach with a, a reputation for being able to get his entire team to buy into this defensive structure not just the goalie but the defense and the forwards as well and so the fact that robin leonard is playing as well as he has behind a less than good defense through the first six seven weeks of the season i think it's very encouraging about where this team could go the rest of the way. I think a, a good part of how Robin Leonard has performed is that he's just incredibly consistent. You can see that with the statistics in that he has a 936 save percentage in November, but he had, had a 936 save percentage <laughs> in October as well. That is consistency, yes. Can confirm. What, 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 what do you see in his game that you really like that you think helps drive that consistency? He, he kind of reminds me of Crawford in that he's just always there. Well, first off, he's huge. He's he's uh, what like six four, six five, something like that. Can't remember. Yeah, and he's a, and he's got a good heft to him too. Yes, <laughs> and not just his goalie pads. Like he's he's a, he's a solid individual. He's solidly built. So he's definitely that uh, that helps having the frame. I'm I'm looking it up right now. He's six four two forty. That's a lot bigger than most goalies. I mean, usually the goalies are. I feel like they're in the six two and under category and maybe two hundred pounds because they they sweat so much while they're playing. It's hard for them to keep that weight on because they lose five to ten pounds of body weight every night they play. But right, I, and 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 that's why sort of why Robin Leonard has even either given himself the panda nickname or has sort of a, or has been given the panda nickname because he actually looks like a panda. <laughs> which I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've seen all this panda talk pop up online and I had no idea where it was coming from. So I guess his nickname is Panda. So that's, that's good to know. But Yeah, so our, our, our goaltenders are Crow and Panda. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to add to that at all. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, regarding Leonard, like he, he kind of reminds me of Crawford. It's just he's always there. He's always in the right spot. I feel like both Leonard and Crawford have the same very good ability at just tracking the puck, reading the play, and anticipating where the shots are going to come from. Where I, and 
like some goalies, like, I mean, you're not going to see like the, the old school Dom Hoshik, like flopping around in the crease, making these out of control saves, throwing gloves and pads in directions that you didn't expect them to. Like they're just going to be there. They, they know where the play is coming and, and they, they're able to anticipate through film study or otherwise what their opponents are going to do. And they just, they're just there, which is, I think, a category, a character trait for goalies that is wildly underrated. Everyone, you know, the, the highlight reel saves are cool and all, but a lot of those times those are a result of being out of position. If the right. goal is always you, in position, you see, you, yeah, you see a freak athlete like Mark Andre, Mark Andre Fleury make diving saves, but that's because Mark Andre Fleury's out of bad position. Yeah, and if it works for him, great. Like, obviously, Fleury's had a very good career making a living doing that, so it's it's not it's not something that is necessarily negative. It's just a different way to approach playing the goaltending position, and I think that's what Leonard's very good at, and I also think what Crawford is very good at. I also feel like Leonard's re- rebound control has been very good this season. Like they're not. And I think more than Crawford, I think that was one of Crawford's bigger issues in the first month is that not every re, every shot was being – every rebound was sometimes finding its way right back into the danger zones. It seems like every time Leonard gets uh, his pad or whatever on a puck, it ends up either on the sideboards or behind the net, which is the ideal place to deflect shots that if you can't control them outright. So, so that has been a big part of Leonard's game too is – He'll give up one shot, but not necessarily the second or third that becomes a lot of issue for uh, for a team to defend. Yeah, those high those high danger chances that get generated from around the crease, he's sort of been great about absorbing the puck. You're right about that. Speaking about that first month for Corey Crawford, eight 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 save percentage and just an abysmal penalty kill save percentage. What do you think was going wrong for Crawford during that first October, where he sort of addressed in November? I feel like Corey Crawford's been more of a streaky guy post-concussion in his career like I think in his I think you kind of have to divide Crawford into two versions of Crawford essentially maybe even three like there was the first two years when he came up he was still kind of inconsistent and he actually had a few um a few instances of playoff games where it was against the uh Arizona Coyotes that would have been in 2012 I believe when he gave up a few softies that was at the end of his second season and there's starting to be some doubt about whether or not he was going to be a long-term option in Chicago. And then in 2013, him and Ramry won the Jennings Trophy, and that conversation ended. So from 13, I say from 13 through roughly 16, Corey Crawford was one of the best goalies in the NHL, probably top five minimum, maybe even top three. He was so I'd good. say – I'd say looking at his statistics, there's not many where he isn't number one. And if he isn't number one in those statistics from 2013 to 2016, he's in the top three and nobody else is. And like Devin won- Dubnik, Devin Dubnik beats him in like one stat, but Devin Dubnik is not better across the board. Right. And he won two cups in that span, which I know that is number one because Quick won his, his first one way earlier. So, so that, and that was, the, that was the peak of Corey Crawford's career, and I don't know if he'll ever get back to that level because Father Time's going to catch up to him like it catches up to everybody else ever. So, well, you, you say that, but then Henrik Lundqvist is nearing 40. Okay. Fair point. You are fair. But, again, Henrik Lundqvist, similar to Conor McDavid, may not be of this world. Anyway. True. So, and then he's, Crawford, he's certainly too handsome for it. <laughs> absolutely. So when Crawford got the concussion a few years ago and he missed half the season, there was, you know, he, he missed half that season or the back half of that season. And then he came back after the summer and, and he still didn't look right at times. And then he had more issues and then missed a bunch more games. And it wasn't really till 
maybe the last month or two of last season when Crawford started to look like his old self again. So I, I think now Crawford is, he can't quite, he may not be able to replicate his 13 to 16 span every single night. So he might be more of a, uh, a streakier goalie at this point in his career, which is fine because, yeah. you know, if when, especially when you have Robin Leonard handy that you can call up out of the bullpen at any time, I think these two can work very well that when, you know, I think they're always going to be splitting starts probably through this entire season. But, you know, when Crawford's hot, let Crawford play maybe a little bit more and let Leonard get some rest. And then if Crawford starts to slide a little bit, play Leonard a little bit more until Crawford finds his form again. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty good goalie tandem that's on par with anybody in the league. Yeah, they're, uh, both of them are top 10 in goals saved above expe- expected, according to uh, hockey, evolving, evolving Hockey, which means that this is probably the league's best goaltending tandem. And part of that has been that after that bad October, Corey Crawford sort of come alive in November. You're, you're sort of seeing the streakiness that you were talking about. Uh, he has a 937 save percentage, which is better than either of Leonard's individual months. Uh, a big part of that is the game against Buffalo last night. Right. Um, where Corey Crawford looked like 2013, 2016 Corey Crawford again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the guy we had during those that like actual contending sort of streak is the guy we saw in Buffalo. Um, but we see that uh, the goaltenders are working really, really well. And Leonard's sort of gotten adjusted to this sharing start streak because he had 43 versus Thomas Grice's 39 last season. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be basically how the Blackhawks – divided up this season. I don't know if we decided the 43-39 yet, but how, yeah, I, how do you how do you decide that? Do you just go with a hot hand? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the Blackhawks are ever going to say this guy's our starter and this guy's our backup just because it's it feels unnecessary at this point. Like, you just have two really good goalies, and, I mean, you can split them up on whenever the Hawks have a back-to-back. You can, uh, you can split them up. And, and assign one to each night. So you have a really good goalie playing each night, which I think that's point one that really might help the Blackhawks have more success on the tail end of back-to-back than other teams in the NHL. And just having, yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. Uh, it's, it's really hard to figure out the exact number because, I mean, I think the assumption here is that I think Leonard might be in the 45 to 50 range, which would leave Crawford roughly like – 32 to 37 games because I think with the way Leonard is playing I think ultimately he's going to have more starts than Crawford and it's also worth noting that Robin Leonard is like what 28 and Crawford's 35 so you want Leonard playing more games because Crawford is older and probably doesn't respond quite as well as he used to probably needs a little more time to to get back up to 100% after playing a really draining game so I I think that's the way it's going to shake out is Leonard probably in the mid to upper 40s and Crawford in the mid to upper 30s. I think that'd be a, a decent target for the way it'll end up by the end of the season, assuming both guys keep playing this well. But And then like, if we got to that point to where the Blackhawks were playing a playoff game, I think, and, and it pains, trust me, it pains me to say this, because I've been as staunch of a Corey Crawford defender as anybody in Chicago. But if things progress the way they are right now, I would probably assume Robin Leonard would be your game one starter should it get to the playoffs. Right. And Corey Crawford sort of fills that Scott Darling role where if exactly. Leonard is struggling, if Leonard is struggling in a series, you can easily bring in one of the, one of the better playoff goaltenders in the, in the, in the league. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. This isn't like other sports where 
if you have two of them, you it means you really don't have a good one. The Blackhawks have two very good goalies. The Blackhawks have arguably two of the best ten goaltenders if when Corey when Corey Crawford's on his game in the right. league. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, 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 and the stats prove that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been, and and I and I think that is a very good development just for the way this team is constructed because if there's going to be issues on the blue line, which still could very much be issues for the Blackhawks this year. Um, they've been playing better for the last two or three weeks, but, you know, we'll see what happens come January, February, and March, especially as we get closer to the postseason. Um, if the Blackhawks are still in contention, if the def- if the defense starts to take a step back, you still have those two goaltenders who are able to keep you in games and, and maybe steal a few wins here and there that'll make the difference between watching the playoffs and playing the playoffs. Because that's what the Hawks did. It was 2016-17, the year that they just rolled through their regular season schedule and then got swept by the Predators. But during that regular season, their entire MO was give up too many shots, too many chances, rely on Crawford to bail them out, and then get a couple goals because they have some really talented scores. And, I mean, that was when Kane and Panarin were at the height of their powers and win the game 4-3 to three or 3-2 three to two every night. So it's, and it's obviously not ideal because they got swept in the playoffs – but it there's there's a there's prior instances of this type of setup working with the team with them and just in the NHL in general. Right, the Blackhawks sort of system right now as it is relies on the Blackhawks goaltending being what the Blackhawks goaltending has been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, don't, I don't know if that's sustainable, but yeah, that that's that's the word that it will be the interesting point to watch the rest of the season is whether or not what they're doing now is a sustainable. Uh, method of winning games the NHL um, and I think my official answer to that at the moment is I don't know it's a it's gonna be a hard question because we, we can't really predict I mean Robin Leonard was a Vesna candidate last season he could easily do so again he's proved that he's good at it um, yeah, absolutely yeah uh, speaking of the blue line go back to that uh, when the Blackhawks traded Nicholas Yalmerson a few years ago uh, he was their so-called second goaltender on ice. Right. Hunter Murphy has been a substantial defensive presence for this team this season. What do you think? Do you think it's fair to call him the second goaltender on ice? And if so, what do you? What about his game? Do you think is really helping the goaltenders? Well, first off, just having Connor Murphy in the lineup is going to be a huge help because uh, his his injury concerns are starting are, are getting a little more than concerns. Like he keeps missing, gets keep just keeps getting injured and. Injury prone seems like such a random thing label to assign to a guy because I don't really know how you do anything about that. But um, Murphy's missed substantial time already this season and last season. So hopefully, knock on wood, he's able to stay on the ice for the rest of the season. And it seems like the the best thing. I don't know I just as I was watching Murphy last night, I saw several instances of him just whenever a play just eliminating a threat essentially. Like there was a, two or three instances I remember where uh, one of the Buffalo puck carriers was coming up the boards and Murphy just pounced on him, removed the puck and got it to a teammate and the Hawks went the other way. So it's, it's just a, I, th- I think he's, he's good at recognizing when a player is, I guess, susceptible to a, a good poke check or just being pressured by a defenseman. And he's able to, to get in there, apply that pressure, win the puck back, get it to his teammates and get going on the offensive end. And I think that's something that, that was when, when Duncan Keith was at the height of his powers. He was a monster at shutting off plays at the blue line. 
teams couldn't even get into the zone because Duncan Keith would either break up the play at the blue line or if he forced the dumping at the blue line, he'd beat the guy to the puck behind the net and the Hawks would break out and go the other way. So I think Connor Murphy being able to kind of do that part of the game is going to be a massive development for the Blackhawks if they can consistently deny teams a, a puck, a controlled zone entry. If Murphy can cut it off either at the blue line or just inside the blue line, however he does it, wherever he does it, I think the best thing that Connor Murphy can do for the Blackhawks is continue to just get the puck off the opposing player's sticks as they're trying to get into the zone. Because I believe all the analytics and all the statistics will tell you that if you dump the puck in, you are significantly less likely to have sustained possession than you are if you carry the puck in uh, across the blue line. Right, and that's sort of what the Blackhawks have seen happen uh, over November as we've sort of made adjustments. Um, right. And the other good thing we've seen this weekend from Connie Murphy is that he sort of kick-started the system where the Blackhawks block shots with their sticks, and yes. uh, especially against Nashville. Um, and just he blocks shots with his body too, and that's sort of making a difference for the goaltenders is that they don't have to worry about especially because he doesn't really allow rebounds off of those blocks. Mm-hmm. Like some, like some players like Chris Russell, for instance, at Edmonton. <laughs> right. right. You see, you see Connor Murphy just sort of block the shot, then get the puck out. And that's sort of what the second goaltender or so-called is supposed to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think I, I came around to the point or it was earlier this decade where, where, you know, I think the old versions of the NHL, everyone talked about how great block shots were. And they're not, they're not bad. Like, I don't want to make it sound like Nicholas Jalmerson blocked 86 million shots while he was in Chicago. And he, he was very good at it. And it's, um, it's a good tool to have. But if you're a defenseman and you're leading the NHL and block shots, it's probably not a good thing because that means you're always on defense having to block shots. So it's, it's kind of a – it's like if you tell me somebody is really good or has a ton of block shots, I need to see more data because if they're just – if they're adept at getting into the shooting lane and blocking a shot and that's why they're racking up that number, great. That, that's what you want out of a defenseman. But if they're blocking so many shots because they're getting 86 million chances against them every game, that's not necessarily a good thing that they're having to block all these shots. And that's where you talk about a guy being a second goaltender. Um, you know, you don't, want, you don't want your defenseman blocking too many shots because, as I said, they're, that means they're always on defense. And the name of the game is putting the puck in the other net and you need to be on offense to do that. Right. And that's sort of what Murphy has excelled at is blocking the shots in the crease, like the crease, the cross crease feeds and those sort of like denying chances block Mm -hmm. shots. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's more about, yeah, it's not necessarily about just the quantity of blocking shots, more about the quality of being in the right place at the right time to block the shots that your goalie can't or, or that are just taking away opportunities that um, just just denying chances before they even get to the net. And again, I think that's more of a quality thing than a quantity thing because quantity could be a uh, could be a sign of poor performance. Right. Going back to the actual two goaltenders. Um, the actual yes, the actual goaltenders. The guys wearing all the yes, the 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 guys who are actually think the people blocking the shots are crazy. Uh, Hockey Viz from Michael McCurdy is a great resource, but it shows that Robin Leonard has sort of had a better team performance ahead of him, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. And Corey Crawford, and what, what do you think 
If, have you picked up on that? And if so, what do you think is driving that? What do you think is making the team play better ahead of Leonard than it is playing ahead of Corey Crawford? That's always, that's always such a bizarre thing for me is when it seems like a team is playing differently with a different goalie in that. And it's hard to, it's really hard to put a pin on that and figure out exactly what's going on because like there, there's so many different variables that you could argue that can make sense. Like, like the, the best example I'll use of this is when was game six Blackhawks Canucks back in 2011. It was the year after the Hawks won the first cup, the Blackhawks fell behind three Oh in that series. And they Vancouver benched Roberto Luongo and brought in Corey Schneider because uh, the Hawks won games four and five, and they just destroyed Vancouver in those two games. And they benched Luongo for game six. And then in the third period of that game, uh, Corey Schneider got hurt on a breakaway by Michael Froelich, which Froelich scored on. Worth noting. And then Luongo came back into the game, and it seemed like Vancouver decided that if they give up another shot on goal, Luongo's going to let the puck pass them. So they played maybe the best defense I've ever seen. I don't think the Hawks had a shot on goal for the rest of the period because they were so concerned about their goaltender because they didn't want to give up any shots because they were concerned about Luongo was just mentally beaten at that point. So it's, it's like, it's like the, it's like a double-sided or two sides of the sword, or I don't know what the hell the, the phrase is for it, but it's like, if you have a good goalie, do you relax more? on defense because your goalie is better and you're not worried about you're not as worried about giving up shots on goal. Cause you know, he'll stop them or does having the confidence of a good goalie behind you make you play better. I don't know how to answer that question. I will say the one thing with Leonard that goes back to what we touched on earlier, I think goalies rebound control can have huge, um, huge impact on how well the overall performance is in front of their team. Because like I said, if they're kicking rebounds to the board, you're kicking them behind the net that helps eliminate those second, third, and fourth chances that usually result in goals. So maybe that's the one thing that's leading to the difference between Crawford and uh, Crawford and Leonard is that earlier in the season, Crawford's rebound control left a little bit to be desired, but Leonard was doing much better in that regard and eliminating the, the extra chances that were resulting in goals. And maybe that's why the performance in the Blackhawks defense looked better because that Blackhawks defense wasn't having to deal with as many rebounds as they were when Crawford was playing. Right. So it's a, it's a little bit of a mixture of comfort and uh, just yeah. like we've, we've talked about rebound control with these goaltenders and sort of Crawford had bad rebound control to start the season, but it has fixed it in November. Yeah. like the, the Another part. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. As I said, just the mental side of it. I, I don't know how you can quantify that one way or the other. That's such a, it seems like there's so many variables at play. I don't know how you quantify that properly, but I think we, the thing we were talking about with rebound control, I think that makes a big difference. And the other di- big difference might be that Robin Leonard has probably played more games with Connor Murphy. Yes. Uh, yes, he has. Because Connor Murphy was sort of, again, injured for a long stretch of games where, and also didn't play the first game of the season. So Corey Crawford had that sort of state shaky start without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so did the whole team. Uh, speaking of that um, talking about the whole team where are we with because both of these players are unrestricted free agents at the end of this season um, and as much as it would behoove the Blackhawks to choose both and just assign both of them back it may, may not be physically possible 
uh, under the cap. Where, where are we with the decision-making, do you believe, uh, 20 games into the season on who we're going to pick, on who the Blackhawks are going to keep? Well, I, uh, I, highly doubt that they've, I, I highly doubt that they've reached any sort of conclusion at this point because it's just it, it's way too early. I think the future of the goaltending position is going to stem – or it's going to hinge a lot on where the Blacks, Blackhawks are in terms of playoff positioning and also how well Colin Delia plays down in Rockford this year because Delia got some NHL time last, you know, the last couple seasons with all the injuries they were having. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he was ready for the NHL. I mean, Corey Crawford earlier in his career, he played games in 2000, in the 05-06 season. He played 07-08 and then uh, 09-2010. So he played over the span of five years. He appeared in eight NHL games before he got the full-time job. And he was 26 years old for the 2010-2011. Well, he turned 26 that year on, on New Year's Eve, actually. I think is when his birthday is. But uh, for the 2010-2011 season, he, was 20, he turned 26, and that was the first year that he was the full-time goalie for the Blackhawks. And he spent the better part of four or five years down in the AHL playing. He, he played with the Blackhawks minor league affiliate was the Norfolk Admirals. That's how long ago it was that he started within the organization. He played five full seasons in the AHL before he got called up to Chicago after the 2010 Stanley Cup uh, was won by the Blackhawks. And with Colin Delia, he's played 18 NHL games in the last two seasons, and he's only spent maybe a season and a half as Rockford's full-time goalie. I'd say he spent like half of 27-18, and that's when he rocketed up the organizational depth chart and ended up at the NHL level. And he had, I'd say last season, he was the primary goalie in Rockford and he's there again this year. So the point of that is Colin Delia may not be ready for the NHL level yet. He may not be ready to be a full-time NHL goalie or even a backup. As like you said, with Corey Crawford, he spent five seasons down the, in the AHL. So right. with the issue becomes at the end of the season, do you keep Leonard? Do you keep Crawford? Do you keep both? And I think it comes down to whether or not Colin Delia is ready to maybe be in the backup role for a season before he becomes the number one guy. I, I think the ideal thing is with, with Delia under contract for a million dollars for two more seasons after this one, that's a really cheap backup option. I think the way the Blackhawks would want this to work is you Crawford probably walks in free agency, Leonard gets signed to a long-term deal, and you go from there. The interesting part of it is if the Blackhawks falter and they're out of the playoff chase by February, you could get a ton for Robin Leonard at the trade deadline. And while you would, it would hurt to maybe lose your first round goalie of the, or your number one goalie of the future. If Colin Dealey is ready, they deem Colin Dealey ready to go from the AHL level. You trade Leonard at the deadline, hang on to Crawford, let him play out the rest of the season. And then you promote Dealey to the number one goalie at for next season. So there's there's a lot of variables in place here. And it's going to be very interesting to see what they ultimately end up doing because, you know, if they're in the playoff chase, you probably keep Leonard and Crawford, run them to the end of the season, and then probably pick one and sign them to a long-term deal. I'm assuming that's going to be Leonard because Crawford will be 35 years old. I think I'm pretty sure that Corey Crawford's in his last season with the Blackhawks, unless he comes back on a really cheap deal to be the backup next season. But I don't, I, I don't see, do you see that happening? Cause I'm not optimistic about that happening at all. I think that's, I think that's the preferred 
exit route is that Corey Crawford's done so much for this team. I don't think – I think he's arguably the most important player in both the 2013 and 2015 Cup runs. Right. Um, I know he didn't do well against Nashville, and Scott Darling sort of saved his ass, but – he figured uh, it out after that. He figured it out, and he he was a big part of beating one of the best teams in Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, as much as we owe him a lot, uh, I think the preferred route is that he sort of takes a cheap option and stays and sort of backs up Leonard and this sort of our mid-range sort of solution. Yeah. Especially as, as as Colin Delia still figures it out in Rockford. But yeah, and- I, don't, I don't know how realistic that is. And, and Corey Crawford might even want to retire after this season because, I mean, he's won two cups. I don't know what else he has to prove. He could decide that he's just done with it after this season. It's also possible that he still thinks he's the number one goalie and he leaves the Blackhawks and signs a deal somewhere else well to be the number one guy. So there's, right. you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables in place. Here, and I think the, the number one sign or the number one thing that'll tell us what their plan is or will help them formulate the plan is where the Blackhawks are in terms of playoff standings at the trade deadline. <laughs> Hell, they could even trade Crawford away and maybe get something for him and decide to hang on to Leonard. Because, you know, if you advertise Corey Crawford as a two-time cup-winning goalie and give him a shot at a third, some team would give up a high draft pick, maybe even a first-rounder to get him, especially if Crawford continues playing the rest of the season like he did has so far in November. So right. I, I think that's the biggest thing is the Blackhawks might, with these two goalies, might have some trade capital at the deadline should they fall out of the playoff picture. Or if they stay in the playoff picture, you ride those two goalies as far as you can and see where you end up. Right. And the other thing about Corey Crawford is that he's had a history of concussions now and he might be one away from severe damage. And that might be something he's taking into account with his, yeah, with yeah, his the, maybe the, being his last season. The concussion thing's interesting because it's like – it, it's it's such a mysterious thing, like with Sidney Crosby's experience, like he missed almost two full seasons with all the concussion issues he was having. I swear I read a story, and I, I have never been able to find it again, but there was some article I read that I thought I read during the Sidney Crosby concussion saga that said, if you are properly rested and left out after you have a concussion, and at some point your brain can actually return to 100% of function as it did prior to the concussion so that the the term concussion prone can be a bit of a misnomer but if you are a play, if you get a concussion and you don't get back to full like 100% health and 100% fun- brain function then the multiple concussions that rack up that's when you get into serious uh, issues with a severe concussion that might not end your career, as you were mentioning. So, I mean, I assume at this point, because Crawford's, again, knock on wood, like a year removed from any sort of head injuries, I assume at this point he's fully recovered and any, any head injuries he might suffer in the future would not be like uh, – wouldn't have any sort of multiplier effect because he was able to get back to full health. But, you know, may, maybe he's only like 98 99% and there's just no way to know that no way to know if he's ever actually truly at a hundred percent and then he gets another concussion and it's worse than the others. So I hope that never happens with anybody, but it's, um, it's still such an interesting science behind the, um, behind concussions and what the effects are of them. So, uh, I guess hopefully we don't have to deal with it, I guess is the main point. Yeah. And then on, on a brighter note, uh, going back to that Robin Leonard, maybe being dealt at the deadline if for the Blackhawks are out of play a position, uh, there's there's always the, the factor that he could like it in Chicago, he could like it here, and they could sort of agree to a handshake deal at that point of 
a new deal for him in free agency and deal him with the knowledge that he's coming back. That's always yeah. a, that's, it's not, it's not a likely possibility, but it's a possibility. It, it certainly is. And I, that would be, I, again, the thing you risk with that is that you, you trade him, you make the handshake deal, you trade him to another team and you know, he goes on and gets near a cup or even wins a cup and decides that he likes it so much there, he ain't coming back. So. Right. And that's where you sort of have Corey Crawford, if he's still willing to go, maybe you keep him. Yeah, it's 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 kind of reminds me of where the Blackhawks were in the in the 2013 season where they had Crawford and Emery and and then getting to the 2015 season when they had Crawford and Darling where they had two goalies that you could rely on at any given night to give you a, a give you a performance that's going to give your team a chance to win the game. And I think I think they're even better than well I'd say they're they're definitely better than the Crawford Darling pairing cuz Darling still has some issues. It seemed like he could never win on the road. Crawford and Emery are, I'd say, pretty on par with what you're getting out of Crawford and Leonard this season. Yeah. Uh, going back to Colin Delia, he's sort of struggled this season so far in Rockford. He's got an 8-6-3 safe percentage. Yeah, that's what uh, – that's, and that's the other issue where if, if Delia is not proving himself yet, which, again – Yeah, you've got to sort of time. have a solution. <laughs> Crawford yeah. was in the, in the minors for five years before he came up. Delia has only been in the organization for two years. He got signed in 2017, so – he he did play in college. He was I think in Merrimack. So he played he played more in college than most goalies do. Most goalies go through the you know most hockey players go through the juniors and then go to the AHL. So I, Delia might still need time. He still may not be ready to be even an NHL backup goalie. So uh, right. hopefully he turns around. Maybe Kevin Lankinen becomes the guy. I don't know. There, there's there's so many variables here. But with Crawford and Leonard both on expiring deals, it makes it a, for a very interesting next six seven months to watch. Right, that's the guy I wanted to bring up too. It's Kevin Lankin and has actually been really good in Rockford. He's got a nine three save percentage. Um, he's probably he's he's automatically their best goaltender with with Delia struggling. Is he somebody the Blackhawks maybe seeing this performance out of him so far? Is this somebody the Blackhawks have in their future plans maybe instead? Of- oh well, they they'd be crazy not to. I mean, uh, as Delia gets more time in Rockford and continues to develop. Yeah, like you mentioned, he's he's been he's clearly been the best goalie in Rockford this season. I think he was even he was also kind of the top guy last year, and he's definitely outperforming Delia this year. I mean, Delia's got seven games; his goals against average is four oh nine. Lankinen's at five games and a one nine nine goal against average. So that's uh, that's a noticeable difference. And I mean, the, the difference is with Delia signed an NHL level deal, Lankinen's still on his entry level contract. So. I mean, I, well, I guess technically they're both under contract then, so forget what I just said. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, if you have a guy in, down in the minors in Kevin Lankadin that's playing that well, they'd be crazy to not ignore him. And that's another wrinkle into the situation because if Kevin Lankadin emerges as the top guy in Rockford, maybe he gets a crack at the NHL next season. Or maybe he gets an audition start at some point throughout the season to give Crawford and Leonard both a night off. Um, if the Blackhawks are so uh, so willing to to see what he's got, or maybe one of them needs gets a temporary injury, maybe Kevin Lincoln is a guy that gets called up instead of Delia. So, I think Kevin Lincoln is very much in the Blackhawks' future plans. And everything I've said about Delia earlier potentially being the guy down the road, you could put Lincoln in into that situation instead of Delia, and it'd be the exact same scenario. Yeah, yeah, especially as 
the Blackhawks sort of threatened recent, more recent draft prospects like Alexis Gravel continued to sort of either struggle or develop. Yeah. I don't know how you look at it. Yeah, the Blackhawks, the, the goaltending depth in the organization has always been kind of questionable. And that's why when they, when Delia emerged in the last couple of years, it was very exciting development because everybody, it was always Corey Crawford at the NHL level, a pretty good backup, and then nothing encouraging. And uh, yeah. now with, now with both Lankinen and Delia, they, they, they've got something uh, beyond them with like Wooter Peters and the Alexis Greville that you mentioned. I don't know. Those guys are so young and so far away. It's hard to make any sort of definitive conclusions about those two, but at least at the AHL level, they have two guys that ha- are, are playing well enough to warrant future consideration. And that's good enough right now. Yeah. Uh, one last question for you. Where do you think, judging up just based off the last two months, Robin Leonard finishes in Vezina voting? Because <clears throat> I, I, I say second right now. He's been excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be up there. I, I think what will end up happening is it'll be entirely – if the Blackhawks are able to make the playoffs, I'd say Leonard's definitely in the top three of the Vezina voting. If they don't yeah, make the playoffs – if they if they finish if they finish in playoff contention, I think he's in the top three in heart voting yeah. too. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it could be with as much as the Blackhawks might be relying on him, but yeah, I think if they get if they get into playoff contention, I think Robert Leonard would definitely be a Vezina candidate again. Um, and but it seems like if, if the Hawks miss the playoffs, the way the NHL voting works, they seem to they put team success as such a high measure of whether or not a player is worthy of trophy status that if the Hawks don't make the playoffs, Leonard won't be in that voting at all. But like you said, the way he's been playing so far, um, I, 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 was, I need to dig up the, uh, some of the, the stats you sent me because I don't know too many other goalies with a better – all the analytics. I guess Connor Hellebuck's the one that's got a uh, – playing out of his mind up in Winnipeg. But outside of that, like, I, I don't know too many other goalies you're going to put over Leonard right now. Yeah. It's uh, maybe Darcy Kemper, but – yeah that's about it all right with that uh i'll say uh say goodbye to the people dave goodbye to the people dave uh i've been shepherd price uh this is money morning money morning deep dish and we'll see you again next week